I'm about to encourage you to do something that you may think is odd or reserved for a particular elite. I want to encourage you to gather your family together and sing. Make it a priority to declare God's goodness alongside each other and do it out loud. It's time to go the second mile in regathering your voices. This is Travis Sagney. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile. It's just a call for us uh, through the words of Jesus and through the heart of this podcast to reject the mediocre Christian life and to make sure if you're going to do this thing, man, really get after it, right? So on this 152nd episode of this podcast, uh, for that goal, I'm talking to you about something I don't think I've ever mentioned on this podcast, and that is about regathering your voices. Yep, singing and singing out loud. And so before you turn this podcast down, uh, here's what I know. Uh, If you're listening to it, uh, this is being posted on December 22nd. So you are running around trying to finish things at work, get ready together, and you just thought about a couple of people you haven't bought a gift for. You're running around, and uh, the last few weeks also maybe even a few months, you've been listening to Christmas music, right? It's kind of this nostalgic time of year where everybody listens to Christmas music. Now, I'm one of those purists, right? Uh, I like to finish up Thanksgiving, and this year I was so, so thankful. We actually finished up Thanksgiving, and we didn't pull out a Christmas decoration until the day afterwards. And I know that you just think that's horrible, right? There's two camps, right? The people who are all in, you've been singing Christmas music, or you don't bring up the tree, you don't decorate until the day after Christmas, or the day after Thanksgiving, sometimes the eve. Some of you have been doing it since, you know, I don't know, 4th of July or Halloween or whatever it is, and, and I pray for you. But here's the deal. Uh, this time of year is a time of year where typically some people will sing more than often. But more than anything, we find ourselves listening to Christmas music. We find it nostalgic. We listen to it in churches. The radio's been playing it now for months. Uh, You're wanting to uh, watch those Christmas movies that have those Christmas songs. And there's something about music that does transcend. It kind of brings us to a type of memories, nostalgia, or, or whatever it might be for you. But here is what I want to encourage you to think a little bit differently. I'm not talking about listening to good music. I'm talking about making good music. I'm talking about not just always listening to Bing Crosby or uh, this different favorite person who sings your favorite Christmas carol or going to the Christmas cantata. I'm talking about you and your family around the table in the living room opening up your voices and singing glory to God and doing it together. I want to encourage you in that. So if we're thinking about first mile believers, second mile believers, those who do the bare minimum, those who are really going all out, first mile believers are those who I'd say listen to good music. Hey, I'm proud of you if you have some really good music that you listen to. In fact, um, you know, it may be you have your favorite uh, Christmas songs that come on, especially this time of year. I'll go ahead and tell you what my favorite probably, um, my favorite uh, Christmas carol is Heart the Herald Angels Sing, uh, because I think there's just some wonderful theology in it, especially one of the um, verses that is typically left out. Uh, that talks about um, the second Adam from above, reinstate us with thy love. Uh, it talks about stamping God's image upon us. It's this beautiful, deep theology. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, my favorite maybe recorded song that when if it gets to Christmas season, I'm going to listen to something. It is going to be, Do You Hear What I Hear by the one and 
only CC wine. It's like, I love it. Okay. I get so excited. Love the gospel arrangement of it. Uh, we love listening to good music. One of the things we try to do as a family is we actually try to make good music right now. If you know me and my family, you're going to say, okay, well, that's easy because you guys are musicians. My, my wife is an incredible musician. She is classically trained. She knows what she's doing. Uh, I am what I would call a poor man musician. I had a few people in my life teach me um, poor man music theology. And so I can hear things and, and play things on, on many different instruments. Um, you know, if you think through my kids, uh, my son is someone who's really uh, loving guitar. My other son is, is playing the drums. Um, and each of them are wanting to learn other instruments. They both can play a little bit on the piano. They both sing. Uh, my daughter sings. She's playing the ukulele and has interest in a lot of different stuff. So you say, okay, that's easy for your family because you guys are all musicians. Well, it, it is and it isn't. But one of the um, things that we have done um, since I can remember even when the kids were very, very little, and wanting to get up first thing Christmas morning is before we do anything, we're going to read the Christmas story and we're going to worship. And um, somebody's going to pull out a guitar and we're going to sing some songs. And a little bit later when family comes together, uh, when, you, when you think about it, comes along uh, for us to do, we're going to open up our voices and we're going to sing worship to the Lord. So, and, and the reason why uh, I think this is so important is that Scripture actually commands us to do so. There, there's plenty of places in the Psalms so people can say, well, that was Old Testament. But I, I think we probably want to also maintain those um, traits because nowhere in the New Testament does it say completely get rid of all the wisdom that's contained in the Old Testament, especially in those areas of singing to the Lord and making music to the Lord and doing it in a spirit of excellence. But even beyond that, we have in the New Testament examples of this. In the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it is written, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so the first part of the verse, you might say, okay, I get that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. But then how do you do it? It says, well, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What does that mean? It means that theology is important, first and foremost, but what music does is it allows theology to become portable. And, uh, and so way after someone leaves a church service and they may say the sermon was good, and then you say, well, what was it about? Uh, and you're trying to remember, right? And I'm saying that as a preacher. But then what you hear is that you hear your children humming songs throughout the day. You hear someone in your family singing a line from something they sang. What, what is that teaching? Something about God's gift in music and allows theology to be portable and even beyond certain things that we may have forgotten and things that we have read, music has a way of making sure that those truths get stuck in our head on repeat and it is meant to be sung. Why? Because something deep down in the soul is when we sing it, it cements it deep down in our being that allows these truths to stick with us. That's why it's so important to sing, not only sing songs, but sing good songs because they have this way of continuing to allow these truths to stay focused upon us for a much a longer and deeper way because even at the end of our life, those songs that we sing from our, our, our early years stay with us.
I want to read you a section out of the TechWise family by Andy Crouch on why singing matters. I think the way he puts it is so helpful for us. But he said, once upon a time, we knew how to sing. It's true in American life generally. When I was a boy, the national anthem was sung at baseball games and patriotic events by the entire assembled crowd. It wasn't sung well necessarily. That high note on Rocket's Red Glare was often pretty disheveled, but it was at least attempted. Now I cannot remember the last time I was in a public place where the whole crowd had the job of singing the national anthem. Instead, we've assigned the job to experts, professional or aspiring singers who sing on our behalf, sometimes badly, but still boldly. The rest of us simply do what we are going to do for the rest of the game. Watch, listen, and enjoy as someone else demonstrates skill and courage. This is also true in American Christianity. We once knew how to sing. Many great renewal movements within Christianity has been linked with a renewal of communal singing. And that, that's just an incredible thought to say, okay, look at a baseball game. Look at all of our activities. Look at sports in general. We watch rather than participate, and that comes even into church as well. It says, going a little further, at the root of the disappearance of shared singing in public life in our churches is one of the most profound changes in the history of human beings who have made music, as far as we can tell from the very beginning, up until about 100 years ago, there was only one meaning to the phrase, play music. It meant that someone had to take up an instrument, having developed at least some skill, and make music in person in real time. There were not always expert musicians. The diaries and novels of the 19th century are full of rueful comments about how poorly some cousin played the piano in the family parlor. But there was only one way for music to be played, and that was for someone to play it. Today, to play music can mean something totally different. The glorious technological magic of recorded music is now absolutely ubiquitous around the world. With a few taps or clicks, I can call up a lifetime's worth of music over the internet and play it through speakers or headphones, an astonishing abundance that is truly easy and everywhere. And in one sense, the quality of the music I can summon with my devices is far higher than anything ever heard in the days when playing music meant an actual embodied activity. Indeed, many professional recordings, thanks to editing and engineering, are far better than the original performance ever was. But, and then going down a little bit further, I think this is so important, because we can consume more music than we ever did. We create less music than we ever could have imagined. And the Christian conviction is that the best such community is the church, the true family of which all smaller families comes together, and they actually sing these truths together. So if you want to think about that, he says, okay, one of the issues is years ago, if you're going to play music, you learned a skill, you got an instrument, you sing together. And now if you come to church, what we find ourselves, if it's in a baseball game, a civic ceremony, and even the churches. Uh, unfortunately, you go to many churches today, and the keys are so high that only professionals can sing it. And you find yourself listening to people sound through these loud systems more than you do hear the congregation singing. We're teaching ourselves less and less to sing and and more and more just to listen. And there's something that's lost in the human soul because sometimes things are, some truths are just so good, they must be sung. You cannot just easily say amazing grace. You've got to sing it out. You can't just say joy to the world. You got to sing it out. And we've been numb to sleep by this culture to say, listen to the professionals and don't you do it. And I want you to say this week, this very day, reject that notion. Get somebody who plays a musical instrument, if not sing it acapella, even if it is you're listening to some version of it, sing it along. This week, this opportunity, would you gather your family together? Would you read a passage of scripture and then say, we're going to sing and we're going to sing together. And you know what? It's probably not going to be great and nobody needs 
record it. Nobody needs to post it to social media. But something happens when your family around that living room comes together, maybe around that bedroom floor, and just say, we're going to sing the truth of God's word, and we're going to sing it together. God has been good to us. We need to gather our family and sing to him. I hope to see you on the second mile.